and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. Welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 41, and today is going to be a different episode, I guess. I I don't know. We're going to kind of wing it. Pat is here as uh, regularly scheduled sometimes. Hello. And uh, as you guys know, June is Pride Month, and I wasn't sure if I was going to put out another episode this month because I just couldn't think of anything else to talk about, unfortunately. Um, I'm getting ready to go on Tour 5 for Paramore for the next week and a half, two weeks. So I wasn't sure I was going to be able to put out an episode as quickly after the last one. So I'm actually glad that me and Pat got the chance to sit down today and do something. So you guys had another episode in June because I really want to talk about more LGBTQ artists. I really do want to play more um, LGBTQ music. So I really was excited that Pat came by and graced me with his presence. Yeah, because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> gay as hell i'm a gay boy <laughs> so um i'm the resident um gay <laughs> yes <laughs> not the one and only I'm but the, the, the gay the correspondent hi hi so uh the reason why i said today's going to be a different kind of episode is because we don't really have a format formula or real topic that we're going to discuss we're kind of going to talk about um certain lgbtq icons over the years because you know i've said many a times that we shouldn't make straight people or straight allies icons or you know we shouldn't call straight men lesbian icons we shouldn't call anybody a lesbian icon unless they're actually lesbians so we're going to kind of talk about why we believe that certain straight women are considered icons for the lgbtq community despite me saying that i don't think that we should call them icons even because they're straight and then we're also going to talk about our top whatever number we decide uh favorite artists that we're listening to for Pride Month. For Pride Month. Woo! We'll Movies. The, yeah. <laughs> we might do books. I don't know. Some good tunes that you can, that you and your gay friends can get really fucked up to during Pride because isn't that, that's why we all go, right? <laughs> that, that's the only reason to go. Yeah. So we're going to talk about our favorite um, all LGBTQ related things such as books movies music really not books to be honest i don't know why i keep saying books <laughs> me and pat unfortunately haven't read many lgbtq some books. people chose books i chose looks <laughs> i've read like maybe two lgbtq um books actually maybe three I think does I've harry potter count because that boy dumbledore gay <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's really it's wildly debatable maybe i'll make a poll if everybody thinks that harry potter is considered a gay is, icon. <laughs> is dumbledore considered a gay icon listen if you think he is then he definitely is <laughs> so yeah i mean as you guys can tell by this really long intro we have no direction where we're going but i really did want to put out something for pride month because the last episode i did only really kind of touched on lgbtq themes and i felt like i had nothing really to say which was really unfortunate but having pat here is hopefully a little better he can shed some some light and we can talk about things that are you know 
lighter than the me almost crying and having a nervous breakdown in the last episode reading Haley Williams's paper magazine essay. Oh shit! Yeah, let's let's not cry today. <laughs> Only cry happy tears. I ain't, no tears left to cry, oh, which starts God. us off. So I want to talk. You know, let's talk a little bit about what makes these like women icons in the eyes of gay 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 men and women or you know lgbtqa people and how what you said before it's like why you know why do why are they icons and why do we make them icons if they're not necessarily part of the community i think it's because maybe there's i think it's well one a lack of diversity within the within pop culture just in general and we look up to these people as the closest thing to what how we want to present ourselves or how we feel or what they embody and like the emotions and that's why i think you know we have people like share um dolly parton obviously madonna who Even britney spears kind britney of. yeah and these, a lot of these women they i think they showed um they like embraced the com- a community that was kind of shunned for a really long time not only did they embrace them but they worked with them and I think that's a large reason why we respect them as icons. Because instead of, you know, using... I mean, let's be real. Sometimes they do use the gay community, LGBTQ community, as maybe a platform for them. You know, maybe like a money, like a cash cow thing. Like, I know the gays will buy it, so that's why they do it. But many of them, you know, they really do just want to preach love and acceptance towards everybody and i think that's the biggest reason why like these women are especially revered in the eyes of the gay community so but yeah so i don't know i definitely agree yeah i think that you know when i was talking about we shouldn't make straight people quote-unquote icons i was really talking about like straight men to be honest i know that that sounds really shitty but straight men being labeled as lesbian icons really frustrates me like what does that mean <laughs> like mm-hmm. harry harry styles is a lesbian icon and how thor is the lesbian icon of the uh, marvel universe is he? I, I saw, I saw I that saw, a lot that's an snl skit right I don't I don't know if it was Maybe. SNL or uh what it was but apparently Thor is the lesbian icon of the uh community. <laughs> okay. So uh, I I, think I can get into it though. Listen, I I don't mind it. He didn't ask for this. So <laughs> Yeah. But then also like yeah, why don't we support cuz listen, there's a lot of like LGBT people making really great music always. There's always. a lot of actors lgbt actors but like they're kind of not put on the same pedestal as a lot of of these other women but i think that i think that could change i mean i don't want i mean listen i know i'm just going to talk about a straight white twink for a second but i really do think like somebody like troy savan has a lot of like staying power yeah because i think he's so he's so honest with himself and he's like very true to who he's been and he actually makes music with male pronouns and maybe that's yeah that's great for gay and gay people but even like people like Haley kiyoko who uses female pronouns i think that's that's a great great stepping stone and i think we need to support though like we listen support whoever you want but like <laughs> you know especially during pride month support you, your brothers and sisters 
Truly. And everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Yeah, no, we were definitely talking. Well, at least I was definitely talking about that recently. I was talking about Haley Kyoko and how she is considered the quote unquote lesbian Jesus of our generation. And even a magazine. I can't think of the magazine off the top of my head. It could have been Nylon. It could have been, um, I think it may have been Rolling Stone. But one of the recent magazines that she was just on the cover for, she she embraces the lesbian Jesus term. And I definitely think that that's an awesome thing that we're doing in this generation. You know, if we're going to celebrate anybody, let's celebrate the people that are doing, you know, something for the community that they're a part of, you know, um, Haley Williams just, um, just got celebrated because during Bonnaroo Paramore had just played last week. I think it was last week. I have no concept of time to be honest, but, um, Paramore took the stage at Bonnaroo and Haley displayed this rainbow pride makeup that her hairstylist, Brian O'Connor, who is gay, he even said that this is an honor of Pride Month and everybody was celebrating her saying, you know, we love a gay icon. We love, you know, an ally and everything. And this one problematic human being on Twitter who always has something negative to say, he was uh, saying that... um, you know, I didn't disagree with him in a sense because a lot of people were saying, oh, Haley's a gay icon. Haley's a gay icon, even though she's a straight white woman. Um, he was basically saying we have to stop basically calling them and I calling her an icon. But then he was kind of being negative and he's like, we shouldn't celebrate it at all for doing the bare minimum. And I was like, you mm. know, is it doing the bare minimum? <laughs> and it, right. Like, and also I, the, the people like that, first of all, need to log the fuck off. Like, chill, get off the computer for a second of your day, get some clarity, like, step away. Um, and also, I don't, like, did he, did this person even address the fact that, yes, it was Haley, but, like, the makeup art, it's also the makeup artist's art? No, of Like, it's not. the makeup artist who did it, who is a gay person, and just because you put it on a straight person doesn't mean it's, less it's any less significant. It's like, just, like, <laughs> a lot, and not just this person in general, but I see a lot of people online that always say we shouldn't applaud straight people for doing the bare minimum. And at this point, it's like, you know, it is so hard for people. I know it, it's ridiculous, it's 2018, but it's so hard for people to accept the lgbtq community so yeah if the bare minimum even exists we should we should celebrate it at this point because yeah. you know well also yeah i mean the gay community like the lgbt community has come so far especially within our lifetime like we witnessed um the legalization of gay marriage in the sure. entire country and i also think that like this come like even from personal experience like the the feeling of being rejected your entire life kind of carries on into like your adult life. And I think that's a lo- like with a lot of the community. So when we see like straight people, you know, trying to embrace or like promote or support like the LGBT community, it's nice. But then we always question like, you know, like why, like why are, why are they doing this? It's not their, it's not their spot to do this, you know, like we don't need them. But then also, you know, there's a lot of good people out there who do support L- the LGBT community who want to listen to you. And I think that we also need to embrace them as well. It's true. It's like, you know, Haley does a lot of things for the LGBTQ community. Paramore as a band also does. But I think that her wearing rainbow eyeshadow is definitely a, a small odd uh, ode to the LGBTQ community. And I think that's great. You know, she's not doing it for 
for press or doing it for anything, you know, her makeup artist who is gay decided to put that makeup on her in honor of pride month. And she embraced it. You know, I don't think that's quote unquote doing the bare minimum. I think that's just her being an ally. And I think that that's fucking awesome. And I don't think that we should discredit that or, you know, but I also think that we shouldn't go the other way and be like, Oh my God, lesbian icon of our generation, Haley Williams forever, you know, speaks for all the gays. You know, I don't think it has to be any extreme. It doesn't have to be, Oh, she's doing the bare minimum. Why are we letting a straight white woman talk for us? And I also don't think we should be like, yes, queen, she's the lesbian icon of 2018. I think that it's just, you know, it's really nice to have an ally who is widely known in in the music industry doing something that simple. And she has done other things. So has Paramore. And even people like Brendan Urie. You know, I've mentioned Mm -hmm. Brendan Urie before, how he doesn't identify as really gay straight bi or anything. He's never really said anything on the subject. You know, he has admitted to kissing men and you know all of that but even him waving a pride flag is really nice you know it's just you have to take everything you you can't take everything to an extreme you can't be like oh my god who does he think he is with a pride flag he's not even gay or you can't be like oh my god brendan yuri is is his lesbian icon you know there is a middle ground you don't have to go either extreme and i think that that's getting lost a little bit on the internet is that people oh, are yeah, it's, yeah it's well shocked it's <laughs> it's just people take everything so extreme in a positive and negative way where it just it's really not that i don't want to say it's not that deep because you know the gay community is so marginalized and anybody doing anything that's doing good for them should be somewhat celebrated but also these people aren't asking for anything you know Brendan, you're waving a a pride flag. Isn't him saying like, yes, consider me your new king. No, yeah. And you can (laughs) like, and all two things. So you, there could be like just some person out there who sees Haley's makeup or something and be like, wow, you know, she, like this person who I look up to so much accepts me like as my entire person, you know? And that if, even if that like small impact like that's if it changes like one person's life or perception then that's fantastic um and also what was i gonna say well while you while you think of your second thought is that it's really nice to see people like Haley williams and brendan yuri of all of all people um doing things in support of the lgbtq communities because you know they were raised in christian households you know where you know most people use the bible as a way of being homophobic and defending their homophobic you know nature so i think that that's really great that you know being raised in such a um you know i don't want to say christian environment but you know in an environment oppressive where, oppressive environment where you know according to the bible even though it doesn't really say anything about it but um according to the bible you know gay is a sin and all of that so it's really great to see two people that are you know still they they still have faith and they still believe in something but it doesn't have to be so black and white and it doesn't have to be you know well the bible says i have to hate the gays so i hate the gays even though i don't think that the bible says anything <laughs> about hating the gays but no that's just people yeah. that's just white people i think <laughs> and while i was talking about that i don't think uh, brendan was raised in a christian household i know he says that he was raised in a mormon household i don't really know anything about oh. um <laughs> mormon <Mormons. laughs> but it's just it's just great to see at least Haley, who grew up in a christian household 
you know, doing everything possible to be a really great ally for the LGBTQ community because, yeah. you know, according to the internet, she should hate all the gays. Let's, all right. So, oh yeah. Also, I just, well, I just want to add one thing. Sometimes you don't have to say something negative about something. Sometimes you can just look at the positive and praise that and think of that. Not everything has to have a negative cons. I think in our generation and especially with the internet, there's every single thing has to have some negative feedback on it that doesn't have to happen it's really easy to be negative about everything but like it doesn't it doesn't need to exist you can look at something and say i like that and i like what they're doing and that's cool (laughs) and you don't have to be like but they shouldn't be doing that because they don't know where i came from and they don't know my life story (laughs) and i'm this person sitting behind a keyboard who who, (laughs) like they're i feel very attacked (laughs) like no it doesn't but anyway i want to go to like the other side of it and i want to talk about people who like how this kind of like breaking the mold and we see people lgbt icons kind of forming as very young people like i'm just gonna say it like ariana grande let's be real that girl she like all right straight woman straight female grew up in a house with a gay brother and she i don't know she i feel like speechless yeah she that girl the things that she does after her reaction to the whole manchester thing and just like just seeing her grow as a person and how much support she has for females and the lgbt like community and is so outspoken about it it's so refreshing because you know there was all right so like the older icons like Cher, madonna kylie minogue all those people um they always, you know, they they embraced the gay community, but they were never very vocal about it. I mean, yeah, Madonna had Vogue, but Vogue, you know, come is Vogue is a f- it's black. It's you know, how do I explain? It? It's LGTB, LG, LGBT, LGBTQ black culture. It comes from the ballroom scene, right? And she kind of she she mainstreamed it right, and there's there's also other things that did like you know Paris is burning, but I feel like Par- Paris is burning is just that that's a film it's about uh, ballroom culture, but it's kind of just very fly on the wall and it it doesn't have it's not trying to make a profit off of it let's just say, but then yeah like so you have Vogue which is literally pure LGBT culture like to it like to to a pin and she kind of took it and she sang it and and she made it hers and it's one of the most iconic songs but i feel like it was great for the time but she wasn't super vocal about being like hey like you know this is this is where it came from and without this there wouldn't be any vogue so like i don't know it's interesting to see a lot of a lot more pop stars and icons come forward and be so vocal about their support. Like, and like, for example, like you have Dua Lipa who has her first music video for blow, blow your minds. I don't know if it was her first music video. It was her first famous music video. There's a pride flag in it because it's all about like the whole song's message is being yourself and blowing people's mind by how much, how yourself you are, you know, mm-hmm. like how honest you are and how, you're not willing to make any changes to please anybody. 
And I think that's very special. And I think the more vocal we are about it and the more you speak about it, the better everything becomes for everybody, right? I definitely think that you're you're so right. You know, even even the icons that we think of to this day, like Britney Spears, for instance, and Cher, and well, actually Cher is a bad example. Um, Britney Spears and Madonna, they weren't as vocal about being, you know, accepted so widely by the LGBTQ community where we have people like Lady Gaga who yeah. knows where she stands. Hell yeah. <laughs> where she knows where she stands with the gay community. And she, I mean, uh, she's not really a straight white woman. I think that she's been kind of vocal about where her sexuality stands. I don't know if she identifies as straight, gay, bi, or any any label but she's definitely been vocal about her support. And I definitely think that that kind of broke the mold for pop music because absolutely, I love and respect Madonna and Britney Spears and all of the other women that came before Lady Gaga. But Lady Gaga was kind of like the first big pop star that finally said, I support you. You know, I'm, yeah. you're born this way. Like all of those. No, things. she was she was completely fearless about it. And she opened the door for so many people. And she she doesn't get a, I don't think she gets enough credit for what she's done. Like she she's that bitch. She did that. She did that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like not that I not that I have any disrespect for any of those you know the icons that we're talking about in a sense. But Lady Gaga was definitely one of the first to finally say something other than just writing a song. You know she had meanings behind everything, and she had, um, you know, words of support and. You know, let's be real, Macklemore did it, but nobody really wants to hear that from a straight white man. Macklemore thought he was gay because his uncle was, and he could draw straight. Because he could draw and he kept he his room draw. straight. Yeah. <laughs> what? And then Katy Perry's Boy. I Kissed a Girl was like, it's just a fucking mess. Katy's, all right. Yeah, Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. Let's be like, that was pure queer baiting, that right? Was Am I wrong? Pay. Yeah. She, mm mm. No. They have people like Kesha. Oh, Kesha. Yeah, you can't you can't Kesha. talk about this episode without Kesha. No. Kesha just Kesha only wanted people to have fun. That's literally all she wanted. Yeah. That's all she still wants. Kesha, Kesha is like the personification label. of everybody's like purest wants and desires, you <laughs> it's know. True. She's the id. She's the id of the music industry. All she wants to do is party, drink and have sex and love. And love, definitely yeah, love. That's definitely her main love. Thing. Love's a big one. Love and rainbows. Rainbows. Rainbow. Kesha. Love her. Love Kesha. Yeah. But it's just so it's so funny to see how much we've grown with icons in a sense, you know. We have these straight women who are considered icons. Whitney Houston. Whitney. Whitney. I want to dance with somebody. Uh, Gay icon. Yeah. So emotional. <laughs> like yes maybe sasha valor was you know brought the song back but whitney is definitely an icon whitney is whitney's still an icon tr- for yeah, everything a, tr- a tragic icon but an icon nonetheless well, mo- most icons are tragic in a way yeah. if you really think about no, it no uh, yeah absolutely everyone's got a sob story well, sob, st- sob story sounds really shitty she considering died, I know she died. <laughs> I don't mean a sob story to like discredit all the, the things that these women have been through. R.I.P. Whitney. Yeah. Oh, I remember when Whitney died. Yeah. That, was, that was rough. But uh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely set the precedent for mm-hmm. today. I mean, I don't think that people like Ariana Grande and Kesha and Lady Gaga would have 
anything to talk about the way that they do now because of people like Madonna and Britney and Whitney and Kylie Minogue and everybody else before them. I mean, Lady Gaga has talked about, um, you know, Madonna before. So has Britney Spears. Everybody's credited Madonna. No, absolutely. Madonna is a pioneer for the for pop music absolutely it's like talking about any band with and the beatles you know yeah. everyone's gonna compare like well the beatles set yeah. the stage for every music Ex- genre <laughs> in the day but well the, and also the thing i think i feel like especially for pride month is i think we we sometimes forget how integral integral that <laughs> um music is to the lgbt community because I think another reason why the uh, LGBT community looks up to these certain icons so much is that because they're like this hyper realization of femininity that allowed gay people to, you know, express their own femininity in a way, you know, like it kind of made it okay to be feminine in some ways because, you know, it's like before pop music what 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 you have well for the gays it's funny <laughs> it's funny you say that because actually in um laura jane grace's memoir tranny who that i've mentioned in a way back episode where i did an entire episode on that entire book she credits uh, madonna when she was a young boy at the time before she transitioned obviously that madonna helped her realize that maybe she wasn't born to be a boy maybe she was born to be a girl and that was when she was like very young i can't think of off the top of my head i want to say she was like five or six years old but she was very young when she you know saw that and she saw madonna doing her thing being very feminine and it helped her awaken that part of her brain where she's like uh maybe there's something not right i don't think i was born to be like this i think i was born to be more like madonna and she was very confused and conflicted for a long time i mean she didn't transition until later in life by later in life i mean in her like late 20s but (laughs) but i consider that later in life at this point but i mean she knew she basically knew she was trans from a very very young age and Madonna helped awaken that. And I definitely think that goes with what you just said. You know, pop music was this I- ideal, not ideal. It was this fantasy, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, Madonna didn't seem like she was a real person when you saw her on yeah. TV and all of these things. She was so glammed up and she was so different than what normal people, I guess, were. And I, yeah, and, you know, she- her like madonna and people like her i think they were so comfortable and confident in their femininity and their skin that i think people saw that and they're like if they're that comfortable like why can't i be exactly like it it, you know it helped people be honest with themselves they saw themselves yeah they projected themselves onto them well same thing with david bowie too with being so androgynous and being so feminine prince yeah. yeah exactly you know we're talking about the women icons here, but you know, there was also the men who set, set that precedent as well. You know, we had Freddie Mercury, we had Prince, we had David Bowie, you know, they kind of bended everything we knew about masculinity, you know, toxic masculinity did not exist in their, their universe. No. Yeah. They, they turned it on its head. People were confused. People were confused why they were attracted to like David Bowie and Prince. And yeah. And Freddie Mercury, and I think that's great because <laughs> well, they push the envelope. And actually, 
uh, something that's really shitty about the recent Freddie Mercury documentary called Bohemian Rhapsody that's coming out, I think, in November in mm-hmm. theaters, is that apparently, according to the internet, I haven't really looked this up yet, so if you guys listen to this episode and you tell me that I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but apparently they're omitting the whole AIDS thing from his story, and by AIDS thing, I mean, you know, the whole epidemic and everything about his his life with AIDS <laughs> they're just making the whole story about just the band but yet uh. it's about freddie mercury <laughs> it's very confusing like they're kind of omitting the whole him being a i don't want to call it gender bending because that's not a real term no but he i mean listen nobody can know for sure except for freddie mercury but like he was most likely maybe not gay but he dabbled yeah he dabbled and I, you know, as much as a lot of people say, yeah, but it doesn't define who you are, you know, but it defines a portion of you. Yeah, it was like a large part of the story. Yeah, it, exactly. It was very, yeah, it was, un- no one has ever really seen that, like a superstar of his magnitude come, you know, succumb to AIDS. Like that didn't happen. Like that was not, like, I mean, it happened to a few people after him, but that's when the epidemic, you know, was taking its toll on a lot of people. But for someone of his status, like, it was very abnormal. And it, whether it's you, so yeah. strange that they're omitting that. It's <sighs> yeah. such a large part of his story. I know. It's basically kind of erasing a large part of who he was. Yeah, and, you know, it's, people are going to, you know, there are, I mean, I'm not to say that people don't know who Queen is. But, like, maybe there's younger people who don't really know and, like, are seeing this movie because they want to know more. And if you're admitting something, like, kind of really important, like, it's kind of kind of fucked up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's going to be a generation soon, if not the generation currently, that's not going to know who the Beatles were. You yeah. know, it's just, it's just going to happen. Yeah, they're going to have to, like, look in a textbook or something, you know? That's what I'm saying. You know, there's so many things that happened when we were growing up that we had to learn from either a textbook or word of mouth or there's still things that I'm learning and it's only you know 10 years before my time you know what I'm saying it's not it's it's so weird to think that there's going to be a generation that's not going to know anything that we know and they're going to be so you know I'm going to use the word ignorant because you know they just don't know any any better but it's just if they, if somebody who's never heard of Queen, which it could be possible, you know, it's 2018. You know, Queen was a band way, way long before the time of now. 2018. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't remember if they were a 70s or 80s band. I'm really sorry, guys. Sorry, we weren't alive. <laughs> yeah, put it this way, we <laughs> were not alive. But uh, but Queen's a an older band, and people in 2018 being born in the 2000s probably don't know who they are and if they go to see bohemian rhapsody and the aids portion of Freddie mercury's life isn't in there they're not gonna know listen if you're gonna do a biopic of a person you gotta do a biopic do a biopic you know that's what i'm saying like i understand oh it's a snapshot of their life all right but you know if you're gonna make a feature-length movie do the damn thing that's what I'm saying. Like, all these movies, like, the Runaways movie, you know, it was pretty on point with Sheree Curry's memoir, you know, Neon Angel, which was what the movie was based off of. You know, there's a there's a good way to do biopic and, a, you know, move, a feature-length movie about somebody's life. Yeah, didn't they even... I mean, they showed 
um, how Abraham Lincoln died in Lincoln, right? <laughs> I never <laughs> so, saw Lincoln. To be I don't honest. think I did. I'm just assuming they did, but... right? But like you have when you do a biopic, you hit the most important par- parts of someone's exactly. life, and I feel like that was such a par- important part of his life, or at least part of his his legacy. Yeah, you know, even in the in the Runaways movie. Sheree Curry and Joan Jett were left-handed, which I didn't even know. And Kristen Stewart and Dakota Fanning, you know, signed the con- the record contract in that one scene for 10 seconds left-handed. Wow. You know, if you're going to do that, come on. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's all yeah. I had to say on that. Um, before we go on with our second portion, which should be very interesting... I'm going to play you guys the first song of today's episode. It's by, of course, I'm like I mentioned before, everything that I'm doing this month is going to be related to the LGBTQ community. I'm I'm trying my best to keep everything um, that theme because I definitely want to honor the LGBTQ community. And I definitely want to, you know, show you guys that LGBTQ artists are out there and they're awesome and you guys should definitely listen to them. Um, the first band I have for you guys is a band called Snail Mail. She is from, I, I don't know if it's just her or if it's a, it's a whole band, but I guess I'll, I'll just call it a band. Um, they're from Baltimore, Maryland, and I believe that they only have one EP out. The EP is called, uh, is it called Habit? Habit. It's called Habit. Sorry, I'm looking on the Bandcamp <laughs> profile. I don't have my monitor up. I, uh, I usually write all this stuff down, but I didn't this time because i'm trash but the album the ep is called habit and it's a very nice record my friend Elyria, alaria i never know how to pronounce her name but uh she's probably gonna listen to this and she's probably gonna roll her eyes and say damn americans but (laughs) um she gave me a list of lgbtq artists and bless her um and snail mail was on it and I was actually going to play Snail Mail, so it was actually very convenient that she sent it to me. And the song is the title track. It's called Habit. It's one of my favorite songs off the EP. And I think you guys will also enjoy it because it's a good damn song. So here is Habit.
So again, that was the song Habits off the EP Habits by the band Snail Mail, available on their band camp. So I did mention that we were gonna, going to talk about icons, and we were also going to talk about our favorites, LGBTQ edition, with music, movies. Um, we wanted to mention two books, and we did want to maybe touch on a TV show or two, because me and Pat were trying to think about what we've been watching, and it's basically, you know, you're given RuPaul's Drag Race, and... <laughs> yeah, I feel like that doesn't need to be said. <laughs> yeah, that's just ba- that's just yeah. 101. So we did want to talk about, I, I was talking to Pat before when I was bouncing the idea off to him. We were talking about um, movies, and I did want to talk about Call Me By Your Name and Love, Simon. And the reason why I mentioned books is because Pat read the book to Call Me By Your Name, and I read the book for Love, Simon, and we both saw the respected movies. And I did want to finally touch on with Pat the Call Me By Your Name debate because mm. I touched on it a couple of episodes ago how people were saying that it was a pedophile love story and did not deserve to be in the same realm as Love, Simon. Now, Pat did not see Love, Simon. He's waiting to watch it. And, I mean, that's fine. I told him all about it. He knows about it. But I wanted to touch touch on it again, even though I already touched on it, but I did want to talk about it with Pat here because he has a lot of t- things to say about Coin By Your Name. But before he tells you what he has to say is um, Love, Simon was such a different story than Call Me By Your Name. And what I mean by that is Love, Simon was a coming-of-age high school rom-com that would have been any other regular movie for straight people had the characters been straight people. So I definitely think that with that, um, Call Me By Your Name was totally different because Call Me By Your Name wasn't really coming of age. It was more so just a gay love story, which we've said plenty of times. I think me and Pat actually touched on that when we did the Oscars episode. But Call Me By Your Name um, got a lot of shit for uh, Elio being 17 and um, uh, Oliver being 24. 24. So everybody called it a pedophile love story, called it disgusting, said a bunch of shit about it because I had said that Love, Simon and Calling By Your Name deserve to be recognized for different things, but also being uh, strong gay male films or gay male lead films is what I meant to say. So I want Pat to talk about Calling By Your Name because he has a lot of feelings about it. And he's also going to talk about how the book was a little different. I'm pretty sure we already did this in our Oscars episode now that I'm thinking back, but... I definitely want him to touch on the debate because I don't think that we have done that yet unless my memory is really shitty. Well, I think it's two very different things to compare. I just think that people are comparing them because they're two um, LGBT films, but not even LGBT gay films. Um, I think that if they were uh, two films starring straight people, people wouldn't put them in the same category as all at all because it's two very different stories. Um. Yeah. So I think it's it's kind of difficult to compare. I mean, listen. When I was reading the, bo- I read the book before I saw the movie. When I was reading the book, was I uncomfortable by the seven year age gap? Yeah. Do I wish Elio was at least twenty? Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that it was like kind of controversial. And I think the author absolutely knew that. You know, um, it was like because Elio's character is basically like a very male Lolita-esque type in a way where he's very aware of his own sexuality, but at the same time not aware of his sexuality and its effect on the people around around him. 
but it's different from Lolita where his the you know the person he's supposedly in love with I mean Lolita's not love it's obsession but like he the person who he's in love with absolutely does not try to take advantage of him whatsoever like there's no overstepping of boundaries and the parents are well aware of this you know it's not some um predatory thing especially when elio kind of initiates it and i think that's the big thing like yes oliver and oliver did you know he could have turned him down and he did turn him down a couple times saying we can't do this was that because he didn't want to be exposed as gay maybe but was it because of age difference maybe you know it was never touched upon love simon is obviously more grounded in reality but then I, I guess you can argue that with call me by your name you know it is just a very simple love story and i think that's what's so beautiful about it it's like very very simple where it's kind of so simple that it's its own bubble and nothing exists outside of it which i think can be pretty beautiful but love simon kind of um is a little bit broader where it opens the door and you know it kind of like a lot more people can relate to Love, Simon, I think, than Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Um, because it's, a, you know, just a regular kid in high school. Well, yes, he's different sexuality-wise. He's not different, different. You know, like, it's not, I don't know, there's not many, like, superpowers or anything. But, <laughs> um, well, according to Kanye, you know, oh mental God. illness is a superpower. So uh, anything could be a fucking superpower. We, 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 that's, for, that's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so... I think it's one of those instances where it's totally okay to appreciate them separately for the separate things they offer. And I think it's kind of um, almost reductive to lump them together just because they both star a young gay character and are around. They're the same age. The, yeah, the same age. But also, I feel like, I, I mean, I haven't seen Love, Simon yet, but what I can guess it's kind of more about how his homosexuality plays within his own life and others around him. Mm-hmm. Whereas call me by your name is just there. This like his sexuality is not another character. He's just gay. It's yeah. It just is. It just is. And that's what it is. And the same thing there's, it's touched upon shortly in the book and the film where his dad, you know, Elio's dad does address it, but he doesn't address it as a way as the sexuality is like a hindrance or it's something that Elio has to get off his chest you know where i feel like a lot of gay movies that's kind of what it is but it's kind of it's more so i don't it's literally it's like to the i guess boiled down it's you know i don't care it's not about the sexuality it's about the love you shared whereas call me i'm not calling whereas love simon is maybe yeah it's about he has to cut well here's the thing is like simon's already gay he already knows he's gay he's already established that he's gay he's Mm. living his life as a gay man but he has to come out yeah where elio he doesn't have to come out he might not be out he might be out but he never has that uh, moment assumed yeah. yeah he never has that moment with his parents he never has that moment with with oliver he never has a moment in the movie where he has to come out or say hey guys i have to tell you something where in love simon you know he's in high school and he has the moment um, spoiler alert if you guys haven't seen or read the book. Um, on, <laughs> oh, I could have never saw where yeah, this was going. Know, <laughs> yeah. didn't know where this was going. Uh, but on Christmas Day, he comes out to his family, and then it's really awkward and uncomfortable because his <sighs> dad makes a lot of homophobic comments and jokes, yeah. even though he's not homophobic, which, you know, 
<laughs> Everyone knows a boomer who does it. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's not that I hate gay people. It's just, it's just I wish my son wasn't gay. But yeah, I don't mean if that. You as, ever have to I don't start accept a sen- you. Yeah, if you ever start a sentence like that, then shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's why they're super different. But also going back to what you're saying is people were debating saying that Oliver did take advantage of Elio and did um, fetishize him and all of these things that I don't think happened. No, nothing alludes to that at all. That's what I'm saying. Like there's zero, absolutely zero. Like <laughs> if you Elio read if you read the book, yeah. If you read times. the book, you see the movie. It's easier to understand. They can't. You can't just like maybe see the movie and yeah, and call Oliver a predator. A predator. It's or a pedophile. it's yeah. I mean, and you know, I don't know the age. What the age of consent in Italy is fourteen. Do I think seventeen is still too young? Yeah, I don't think you know what you want at seventeen. Like, let's, that's my we opinion. We couldn't even figure out what kind of coffee we wanted yeah. at seventeen. Like <laughs> I don't know. Do I think you should be falling in, some, in love with someone who's twenty four? No. Maybe fool around with someone you know, your own age, but whatever. But again, it's I really yeah, it's two it's two very different stories. You know, one is about the repercussions of y- you expressing yourself and you know the fears you have and how the people react around you. Whereas another one is really it's just a cut cut and dry, very simple love story. Yeah. I mean, both good, both important, I think. I'm glad they came out within the same year or at least, you know, a couple of months from each other. Maybe not even yeah. the same year. I, don't, I think Call Me By Your Name was last year. And then, oh, well, actually, no, I think they were both last year. No, Love, Simon was uh, March. Call Me By Your Name came out, I don't remember. I don't know, sometimes during the winter. but Put it this way, within yeah. the, la- the last couple of months, with, uh, you know, between each other. But I definitely think there was a deleted scene that I, I just bought and watched the Love, Simon DVD because it, it came on Friday. And uh, they mentioned that they, if you guys have read the book or if you are big fans, you know that there is a scene in which Simon's best friends bring him to a gay bar after he is outed online. Um, And it was omitted from the original script of the movie because it was too long and it didn't really fit in the movie. But the scene, the deleted scene is in the deleted scenes on the DVD. And it was a great part of the book and it was a great scene. It was like five or six minutes long. And why the scene was so great is because, first of all, Simon in a gay bar was absolutely adorable. And, you know, he he flirts with, you know, the first guy he's ever flirted with, I guess. And um, it goes really poorly because the guy finds out that he's 17. Meanwhile, the guy coming on to him is into a bar. They didn't. I guess they didn't card him. I don't remember. It's a it's a book. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, there's a really important part at the end when Simon comes home and his parents confront him. And his mom, who is a therapist, tries to psychoanalyze him. And he says, you know, this is my thing. We are not gay. This is not a we thing. I'm gay. This is this is my own thing. We are not gay as a family. I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that's super important. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with no, what we're I, just talking no, about. No, no, it definitely... Well, I think, I mean, yeah, but also it's just a good point to bring up because I think a lot of... That's what all parents' fears are. Like, they always... I mean, a lot of... I don't want to speak for everybody, but a lot of parents' fears are, you know, what kind of life will my child live? Who will hurt them? Like, blah, blah, blah. Yes. All, <laughs> all very, very rational fears. But I think they also forget that it's like a very... It's an individual thing. 
and it's individual to every person just as individual as their own sexuality is to them as a straight person but um yeah i don't know i think people yeah people talk a lot about call me by your name they compare it to love simon but there's also a lot of good lgbt cinema out there that people aren't getting into and addressing i mean i always think i think everyone who exists on this earth should watch moonlight that's something it's just something everyone needs to experience so i definitely recommend that one um and also do yourself a favor go into the lgbt movies section on netflix and they have a great selection the babadook is on there oh my god give me a fucking (laughs) (laughs) i had to say it sorry um but yeah like uh, why am i like like any of xavier dolan's um early films you know like there's one i killed my mother it examines like the relationship of a, a mother and child living on their own and how his sexuality affects her and how her neuroses affects him and like and how it's like this it's like a very interesting family dynamic and like the white noise that happens when a child comes out to their family like all this stuff is happening around them but a lot of people don't remember that they just love each other you know it's like a lot of back and forth and a lot of fears but like they don't just remember that they still love each other so that's a good one i like but i'm a cheerleader is a classic oh natasha leone (laughs) (laughs) yeah everyone loves but i'm a cheerleader oh yeah that that is that is a a classic. classic um any of john waters films i mean they're disgusting but like pink flamingo is a classic or even like priscilla i mean these are all like i feel like so stereotypical like priscilla queen in the desert um is great um i just saw uh me and pat were actually talking about the movies that i just recently saw and i saw disobedience which stars uh rachel mcadams in it and that was honestly i i i expected more i don't know what i was expecting to be totally honest with you guys but Mm -hmm. it was a really good movie and it was another one of those call me by your name type movies where it's like nobody's coming out they're living they're living their life with their sexuality you know they're not afraid of it they're just living their life as if anybody like any straight person in a movie would be living their life there's no coming out there's no awkwardness there's just you know i'm i'm interested in women i'm kissing this woman you know there's no there's no yeah there's weirdness. no like dramatization as yeah. like wow this is so oh taboo God, how gay. provocative oh. yeah and it's so funny because disobedience you know they're both in the jewish culture and everybody's just everybody that knows is just super accepting and not really everybody in the in the movie to be honest but um Rachel McAdams' character, spoiler alert, spoiler alert if you guys have not seen the movie, but Rachel McAdams' husband is, um, they're married obviously, and then the woman who Rachel McAdams was in love with prior to her marrying her, her husband, the three of them were best friends, and then the two of them, the two women were in love with each other, and they were hooking up and all of these things, and then the other woman, she just disappeared, and then they get married, the, uh, the man and the woman. And then the other woman who Rachel McAdams was in love with comes back into the picture and then they start their romance again and everything. But the husband is well aware of it. He's not disgusted by it. I mean, what straight man is disgusted by lesbians apparently because, you know, fetishization is a thing apparently. But it's just there's no awkwardness. There's no disgust. There's no... 
anything that usually people try to put into movies with LGBTQ characters. And that's why I liked Love, Simon and Call Me By Your Name and Disobedience because, you know, although Simon did have to come out to his family in the movie because it's a coming-of-age story of a 17-year-old boy in high school and he was already outed on the internet. But the three of them share in common with they don't make being gay a weird thing. They make it an accepted thing, which is great because it shouldn't be accepted. There's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, with years of people making jokes about how being gay and being trans and being really any marginalized group is wrong and bad and disgusting, it's really nice to have three films within the same year, at least, you know, the same two years that kind of celebrate and make it normal. It's just really nice. Well, yeah, I think we're definitely starting to see now more than ever, like gay character, LGBT characters um being written with actual personality traits and like some heft and dramatic depth and and stuff instead of really just being the token lgbt character you know like the funny like comic relief like super feminine super butch anything like that and like now like people are writing them as actual people which is yeah mind blowing <laughs> it's it's almost like they are <laughs> Um, but you know, it actually, speaking of, um, a movie that actually did a really great job that people probably wouldn't expect to say was, um, blockers, um, blockers, uh, spoiler alert again. Sorry. I feel like I have to say oh. that because I don't want anybody to yell at me. I for haven't spoiler seen movies. that yet. Oh, you don't want me to tell you? You can say it. It's, oh, well, I already told you it's adorable. Um, okay. <laughs> the, um, one of the, for those of you who don't know or forgot or really don't give a fuck, but it's basically three parents who try to cock block their kids on prime night from having sex. Now, one of the daughters is actually gay and the, the, her father is estranged from the family, cheated on the mother, all of this stuff. You know, the daughter hates him. The family hates him. She's already dating somebody else. Um, she is a lesbian and she doesn't tell anybody because she's afraid obviously she's only like 16 17 i don't know how old she's supposed to be but um the father comes in and she's like i'm not afraid of her i'm not afraid of her hooking up with that guy that we saw she's a lesbian i don't even have to be in her life and i know that and it's just oh my god it was so cute in the end like uh, i'm not gonna spoil it because pat hasn't seen it yet but there's like a really tender moment between the father and his daughter and she does come out to her friends and she yeah. ends up she ends up dating the the really cool Asian girl and Ooh. <laughs> it okay. was just really it, it was just really nice to see in a really nice portrayal of a young lesbian character yeah, in not, a film that you didn't think would have <laughs> that's one. not tragic or anything yeah, yeah and it's, all, just, yeah. it's just the shift like you were like you were mentioning the shift within the last couple years with lgbtq characters mm-hmm. is so much more positive and accepted like yeah she comes out to her three best friends and they're like that's cool that's awesome um yeah and then even the father you know he was accepting obviously he already knew that she was a lesbian before she even came out it's just like it's so nice to see movies portraying LGBTQ c- characters as just people. Yeah, I know that's so weird to say. No, but. absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to talk about another movie for a second too, which goes along with that. There's it's this movie called Tangerine, and it's very it was it's like a very special movie because it was the entire thing was filmed on an iPhone, but like oh that was like um what was that yeah, other movie? I don't know. Oh. 
Oh, you keep talking. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it follows the lives of two black uh, trans sex workers. And I mean, to you know, to a certain extent, there is some like sadness in it. But for the most part, it's a comedy. And it's like an incredible, it's funny, it's fast paced. And it's like, very, like the characters are so well written and so likable. And it was just like really great to see like sit down and watch that movie and really, really enjoy it and like not have these two people who do it. Like people like, like, like this exists, you know, and not have them kind of put into a very stereotypical box and be treated as act like, you know, actresses. And like, you know, the story didn't even revolve around like them being trans or anything. It was just like, it's the two friends who have like a rough day and just try to or just trying to live and i don't i don't know i think that's like it was a really special movie and it really stuck with me when i saw it it's also available on netflix if you guys want to check it out but yeah it's uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good movie and like i was thinking i well, i was trying to think of like some movies about trans people that represent them in a positive light and i really wanted to you know talk about one that features actual trans actresses and is somewhat recent and accessible for our generation. So I was thinking of Trans America, which stars I think what is it, Felicity Huffman? I think so. I yeah. I, I heard about it. I honestly her first name is Felicity, but there's a lot of Felicities there's out there. So many Felicities, you wouldn't yeah. think there were, but <laughs> there is. <laughs> but you know that I, that too is a fantastic movie. I mean, the only downside is you know it's not a t- real trans woman, but it does chronicle the story of. Um, a biological male who has a son who is traveling across country with them to get their sex change and you get sex change surgery. And it's also like one of those very tender movies that handle its subject matter very well. And I remember the first time I saw it a couple of years ago, I straight up cried, but it was real. it was really good. And I think it's like another one of those important films that need, that needed to be made. What was that move? Oh, by the way, the movie I was thinking of was uh, unsane. Did you see it? The movie oh, that was shot all on an yeah. iPhone? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, you have to see it. It was, it was really good. I heard good. it was, yeah. Dude, it was really good. Okay. Um, Unsane was the movie I was thinking of. What was that movie that was just coming out that had the trans actress? Oh, my gosh. It's it's recent. Can you think of it off the top of your head? I don't, you got to <laughs> give me more than that. It was, it's that movie. I think it was based on real life where man falls in love with the woman and then everybody's like really pissed off and and basically saying but he but she's a man and all of that it's It's, a recent movie that's coming out an incredible woman i think so i think that was the movie that's the one about he falls in love with a trans woman and then he dies and like okay yes 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 yeah that was yeah that movie either came out this year or is coming out this year i think that one's on netflix too i actually need to watch that still i really wanted to see it because i really like the actress but it looks incredible. Yeah, I think it won an Oscar, actually. I Oh, I yeah. think when we did the Oscar episode, I think we had touched on that. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but there's been a lot of movies in the last year or so, 2017 and 2018, that have been really progressive towards LGBTQ um, individuals. And I think that that's really awesome. And I think that we should yeah. keep pressing forward. Keep it going. So now we're going to move on to music. Okay. Because Pat has so many artists that he's been listening to, and I'm so glad because, like I mentioned <sighs> in my last episode, I'm trying to find more LGBTQ artists, and Pat and Alaria have really pumped up the jams. 
I mean, <laughs> I made a I made a playlist. Me and my friend made a playlist in honor of Pride Month. My friend is also a bisexual woman, so I was like, "Hey, hop on this." <laughs> and it's a really good playlist. I'm gonna link you guys yeah, in the show I, notes. I mean, listen, I just gotta put a disclaimer out there. There is some Azalea Banks on it, and don't judge. Like, you can judge me. Don't judge me though. <laughs> like, I know who she is. I'm well aware of what she is. The she puts out bops, all right, but it doesn't make it okay for anything she ever does. And I'm probably going to delete them when I get a chance. But they're on there, you know. Yeah, I'll get rid of them eventually. <laughs> well, we were talking. We were talking about that. How Azalea Banks is. I I've mentioned how problematic she is, and Pat's well aware of how problematic mm. she is. But he just. <laughs> they're just on the playlist. Yeah. Just blame it on your friend. <laughs> Just blame it on her. Yeah. We won't name her, but... <laughs> um, Grew up with her. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> She'll understand. Um, but yeah, no. So I, it's just like, you know, you got your classics. You got... I really... I've actually really been into Dance to This by Ariana Grande and Troy Sivan. Yes. Like my two... The two gays I was... Well, one gay. But the two icons I was talking about before. An icon and an ally. Yeah. My friend Kate, actually, um, I talk about her often. She uh, she has a YouTube channel. Guys, check it out. I'll definitely link it to you in the show notes. Um, She's my best friend. She put out a reaction video. I think it was either yesterday or Wednesday. She did it this week. I'll link link it to you guys, like I said. She did a reaction to the Troy Sivan Ariana Grande song, and she said that Troy Sivan's voice was underwhelming. How dare Uh. she? All right. Well, oh, Pat, Pat's agreeing. <laughs> Here's the thing: if you're gonna go head to, like toe to toe with Ariana Grande in a song, be prepared to be overwhelmed. Like nobody's voice can really stand up to hers. I mean, do I know what she's saying? Not really. But does it sound good? Yeah. We were singing to No Tears Left to Cry. Yeah. We were just like, ah, you ah. can literally just groan and moan throughout any Ari- Ariana Grande song and, and still be off pitch. yeah and, but also you'll, you'll it'll still sound like you're singing the lyrics it sounds like she sings with a mouthful of marbles but i love her we love her so much um but yeah no i mean i agree i don't think it was an i don't think he was underwhelming i just think that that's his voice like if you listen yeah. to his albums if you listen to bloom or um I mean, it wasn't a power ballad. It oh, was, no. No, it was just like a little dancey, like, she wasn't thing. even. She wasn't even overwhelming in the no, song. It yeah. wasn't her regular power vocal. It was just, I thought it was just a good song. I, I bopped to it. All right, Kate, you get off the hook with that one. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that she said that Troy Sivan was underwhelming. But she meant his voice in the yeah. song. I mean, I kind of understand. It's a little quiet. He he is well. He's kind of quiet. I mean, if you listen to Oh My My yeah. and Youth and all of his other bops, yeah, it's just his style. He's just very quiet. Yeah, it's he's, quiet. He's boy. quiet and he's gay and he's killing it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So Troy Sivan, Ariana Grande, even though she's not LGBTQ, but she's still uh, one of our resident 2018 gay allies. Yeah. Um, I'm always. I always. Uh, you know, Let's Have a Kiki by the Scissor Sisters is a classic. If you guys ever need to learn, like, vo- gay vocabulary in under four minutes, just listen to that song. <laughs> um, what else am I listening to? I like Lizzo. Lizzo is pretty good. She's kind of new. New and up and coming. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Well, you love Janelle Monet. I love Janelle Monet. Oh, God. Yeah, definitely Janelle Monet. Talk about... 
having she had a good year. She yeah. had an incredible year. And talking about being proud. Make, oh my gosh. Yeah, make me feel. Oh, yeah, definitely Janelle Monet is like I think a staple for this year's pride. She um, is leading the pride parade one vagina pants at a time. I know. Oh, those pants. I gotta get me a pair. Right? Just, uh, just to, I don't know, go to the grocery <laughs> store in. <laughs> I was gonna say, or lounge in the backyard, yeah, but grocery just, store works too. Who else were we just listening to? We were definitely listening to a lot of other artists. Um, I'm going to yeah. rattle, while Pat thinks, I'm going to rattle off the list of artists that Alaria sent me a couple of days ago because they're honorable mentions. And if I end up doing another episode this month or, you know, obviously just because Pride Month is ending doesn't mean, you know, gay people ended. So I'll <laughs> definitely play them in the future, but just some honorable mentions so you guys can check out. She sent me um, Dylan, D-Y-L-Y-N, is a Canadian uh, she just said she's Canadian. I thought she said is a Canadian. Do you need anything more? <laughs> I don't know how to fucking read. <laughs> just she's Canadian. What up? I'm Jared. I'm 19. I never learned how to fucking read a text message. <laughs> and she's writing it in English. So <laughs> I don't know what my fucking problem is. So Dylan, she's Canadian, has an EP out. She also said, I love Flickr. It's a bop. And I actually met her. Uh, that's more than you guys need to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hawks or hoax it's h-a-u-x and ho <laughs> ho the x silent uh, the x might be silent <laughs> um it's actually a guy he released an album recently she said the the uh song cologne is her favorite right now mm. uh she mentioned snail mail who we got who we just played in this episode the reason why i played snail mail or even listened because um she told me to check it out and then uh yeah that's all she really sent me. I mean, I'm sure she listens to more LGBTQ artists than that. I mean, mm. she's always listening to new and good music. Yeah, there's there's a lot out there. You just got to look for them. I'm a big fan of, like, queer rappers. So, like, I love, like, uh, Mickey Blanco, who is great, especially, like, her early stuff. Um, I like Cakes Tequila. <laughs> he put out a new song recently. It's really good. Um, who else? Brooke I kinda, Candy does stuff. Brooke Candy, you know, Brooke, Brooke Candy kind of puts out the, like the rare bop, like once in a while. But like other than that, I don't, I don't really know what she does. Cupcake, cupcake, cupcake. All right, cupcake. Literally, you can listen to any song. Talk about support of the LGBT community. She has a song called LGBT, <laughs> and it's do everyone do yourself a favor and listen to it. It's it's incredible. And then crayons is another one of her songs. She likes to draw with all the crayons in the box because she loves everybody. She cupcake. No, see, I'm dead. I'm dead serious. Cupcake is a are. queer icon. You, uh, you saw her a couple I months did. ago. I did. I saw cupcake live the time of your life. She was on for 35 minutes and she managed to flash her titties at least four times. Listen, that's an icon. It's an icon. The icon jumped out of her. <laughs> she she exhibited I- iconic titties. <laughs> um, I didn't know anything about cupcakes, so that was very good. Uh, do you s- everyone listens to cupcake? Um, <laughs> That's I, your one <laughs> recommendation. Yeah, um, I like Tovlo's new remix of her song "Bitches." Um, it's all about cunning lingus, and it's nice. <laughs> Um, I like the people she has on it. Uh, Charlie, Charlie, Elephant, um, Iconopop, um, Cyber Alma. They're all pretty good, like pretty new. Uh, pretty new on the scene except for Charlie and Tovlo. <laughs> um, 
Well, Toflo always crushes it. Toflo, yeah. Love cool girl. Un- underrated. I'm a cool underrated. girl. Yeah. And then also there I want there's also a new electronic music producer named Sophie. Not very new, but coming like definitely on the rise. Produced a lot of Charlie's tracks on Pop 2 and is actually transgender. So definitely one to watch out for. Pitchfork just gave her best new album. Nice. Um great producer, very different from anything you'll ever hear, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not really, uh, I, kinda I, I don't have my playlist with me right now, but <laughs> I just can't, I just can't yeah. think of everything on my playlist right now. It's just a lot of share. Yeah. T- <laughs> there's one share song. Not enough. Is it, is this it? I think this is it. I think this is your, yeah. Oh, Robin's on here. Oh yeah. Robin just goes that Robin is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Carly Rae Jepsen's on it. Carly Rae Jepsen, great, great, all great. <laughs> I'm just trying to find someone that um that we haven't spoken about yet. Yeah, these are most peaches. 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 Suck, sucking on my titties. <laughs> like you wanna be calling me. But um, yeah, I think everyone, you know, make go out, and make your own pride playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't just follow ours. <laughs> and by ours, I mean Pat's. But I'm taking it. I'm reclaiming the Pride 2018 playlist. <laughs> oh, stop taking it! Don't, don't take it away from me. Another artist, actually, that I just found out was LGBT uh, was uh, Petal. I actually just shared a couple articles on Twitter that she just did a um, she did a couple of interviews talking about her sexuality. For Pride Month, um, she has a record that she recorded. Uh, oh, no, I think that was uh, Waxahachie. Sorry, I take that back. Um, but I have Petal's record. It's called Shame. She also has an EP called Scout. They're both very good. I have it on cassette because cassettes are a thing in 2018, apparently. So definitely check out Petal. She's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of another artist that was uh suggested to me i can't think of off the top of my head um i did mention in the last episode or maybe i didn't but i've definitely tweeted about it i myself have a rebel hearts playlist that's on spotify that i keep updating it's basically all artists that have inspired me have inspired the podcast music that i'm currently listening to it's got over like 200 songs i think it's basically just all my favorite songs from over the years um not every song obviously that i've ever loved because you know i still want to listen to my own playlist um it's it's a pretty decent playlist if i do say so for myself toot toot (laughs) um i mean obviously i like it i made it but um definitely check it out there's a lot of cool artists on there definitely artists that you may have never heard of there's um not every artist that was on the podcast is on there because not everybody is on spotify even though spotify should put everybody on their you know their their app i should be on there just saying spotify is very picky about what podcasts go on there so they don't even have good ones. I tried I don't listening even know, to them. I don't even know what podcasts are on Spotify. I don't know. It's like the knockoffs. Right? Don't, yep. don't sue me. Rebel Hearts on Spotify 2018. Make it happen. <laughs> if I get over 100 listens, will I be on Spotify? I feel like Spotify, you have to have like 30,000 listens in episodes for them to care about you. So hashtag never. Notice me. Notice me. If I have Pat on more, will Spotify care? Mm. Please leave your suggestions. They better. I comment. pay them nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> I pay th- I pay one uh one dollar the next three months because I'm doing a trial. Bitch. 
Listen, I can't afford Spotify <laughs> Premium. And you think I can? I'm balling <laughs> on a budget. I could, you know what I could spend that money on? Literally anything. New else. shoes. I don't know. At ASOS. <laughs> anything. So, <laughs> um, I definitely suggest you guys check out Pat's Pride playlist. Like I said, I'll link to it in the show notes. It's got a lot of good stuff on there. Um, I'm going to link also my Rebel Hearts playlist in there. There's a lot of um, great artists. There's a lot of LGBTQ artists on there. Lots of great songs. Lots of bands that you guys should check out. Um, Pat has the classic staples on his and also along with other artists that you may have not heard of slash the artists that we mentioned in this podcast episode. So definitely check out both playlists or you know, definitely just go exploring on the internet. There's tons of stuff out there. You just have to know what to click, know what to look for. I know there's an LGBTQ playlist on Spotify right now that I actually found a couple of artists on myself. So definitely check that out as well. And yeah, just keep on being uh, progressive and supportive and know your place. Know that if you are um, a straight person, don't overstep. I do my best every day to try and not overstep. You know, be as great of an ally as you can. Um, don't give sh- cis white men the title of lesbian icons. <laughs> and, you know, stop telling people that they're doing the bare minimum and that's not enough. You know, sometimes... Encourage them. Yeah, exactly. Don't say it's the bare minimum. Tell them they can do, you know, they can keep going. You know, say, like... Say, we like it. We like do it. Do more. Do more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I definitely think that... You know, there are certain times where the bare minimum shouldn't really be celebrated. You know, when a guy gives his girlfriend flowers and people go crazy, you know, doing the don't applaud a fish for swimming. People keep getting engaged at Disneyland, (laughs) Disney World. Listen, if we've seen it once, we've seen it enough. Stop posting videos. Also, I don't care about the gender of your baby. Stop throwing parties and going live on Facebook. Gender is a social construct. Uh, Yeah, fuck it. What the? (laughs) I actually, you know, before we end the episode, I did have a funny suggestion. Uh, My friend, my coworker was having a gender reveal party and she wanted to give the envelope to another coworker to have, you know, the cake made or whatever. And I said, just... Just do a gender reveal where it's like gender is a social construct on yeah. all the balloons. Yeah, just like make everything like gray. Yeah, <laughs> gray. Yeah, and yeah, gender gray. is over. Gender is a social <laughs> construct. <laughs> oh God, it's healthy. It's it's just oh, I just don't care. Got very off track there with yeah. <laughs> with my bare minimum statement. I just don't care that you're having a child. Why 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 do you think I would care of the this gender or sex? I don't. <laughs> anyway, you want to waste your money? Go ahead. We should celebrate. We should <laughs> <Okay>. celebrate <laughs> people for doing something. You know, encourage people to do more, but also make sure that they know that what they're doing is is great. But to keep going and to not stop, because if you discourage someone and say, "Oh, congratulations on a cis white woman doing the bare minimum," you know that's not going to get anywhere. <laughs> it's really yeah, not. They're just gonna get. They're gonna be scared of you. <laughs> The thing is, like, I get the LGBTQ community wants more representation. They want more. They want actual LGBTQ artists to do something and not just cis white straight people. But, you know, the allies that are trying to help, don't discourage them from trying to help, especially when they're not trying to overstep. You know, if they they wave a pride flag and they seem supportive, 
don't discourage them and say, you know, congratulations for doing the bare minimum. Tell them to keep going and encourage them to, you know, do more for your community and encourage them to donate to charities that support the LGBTQ community. You know, as long as they're not doing anything detrimental and they're not claiming to be the um, the leader or the icon or anything or like the king or queen of the gays, then just encourage them to keep going. And that's all I have to say about that. Pat's I agree. Agreeing. <laughs> he, he's agreeing. He's he's nodding. <laughs> and uh, also, who gives a fuck about your gender reveal? <laughs> right? Uh, y- yes. <laughs> so listen to Cupcake. That's what it all comes down to. <laughs> Stop posting on Facebook your gender reveal. It just, I don't know why that became such a, oh my God. So stupid. Pat's deleting all the social media just for that. Just wait till it comes out and you'll see what it is. (laughs) (laughs) But how will they prepare the room, pink or blue? Who gives a fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. it. Yeah, paint it gray. Paint it gray. No, yellow. Yellow is really nice and gender neutral. We love yellow. I like yellow. Me too. The color of the sun. Is it though? I don't know. (laughs) It's all subjective. The earth is flat. All right, this, this that's, where, great. that's where we're going to leave off. <laughs> <laughs> Flat earthers are going to come from my throat. <laughs> so the last artist that we have for today's episode is another artist who was suggested to me by Laria in her text message to me. Um, the band is co- the band or the artist. I'm not sure if it's um, a one woman show or if it's a band, but it's called King Princess and the EP is called Make My Bed. It just came out this year. It's a really great pop EP. The song that was suggested to me to play was a song called Holy. It's very good. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, but it's a really good song. It's definitely something that I'm going to listen to in my car with the windows down. It's definitely one of those really cool pop songs. And I definitely think it fits with the vibe of 2018's really mellow, chill kind of vibe you know I feel like this year in music nothing has really been that crazy or you know power ballad or anything really too like ah everything's been like very chill very mellow you know kind of like we were talking about Troy Zavon and how he's very mellow in the way that he he sings and all of that so I definitely think that this song and this whole EP definitely fits with that whole vibe it's definitely very chill it's considered electro pop which I I guess I agree with it's just a really good song and I'm glad that it was suggested to me by Queen of Music. So before we get to that, I just want to tell you guys where you can find me. I have a website, which is rebelheartspodcast.com, which has pretty much everything that you need to know about the podcast. It has blog updates from, you know, just random things that I want to talk about. I just did one recently where I talked about... um, I actually don't remember what I talked about. Uh, actually, the, I think the last, last blog post I did, I was talking about the Colbert show and how it, um, the Paramore Rose Colored Boy performance that I didn't get to see live was really important and how it speaks to the song and the pop machine and basically the music industry in general. So definitely check that out. I think I did it like about a month ago. Um, it has my vinyl unboxing video that I did for Vinyl Moon definitely check that out and it has the web store and the web store is rebelheartspodcast.bigcartel.com i will have pins with me on tour five i'm going to a couple dates so if you see me i have a little square card reader so you guys can pay by credit card instead of cash because cash makes me nervous and then you guys can email me anything you want 
at rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. And by anything you want, I really just mean suggestions and anything that isn't telling me that I'm an idiot. <laughs> and then Instagram is Sam is Socks and Twitter is Rebel Hearts Girl, where basically everything that I ever need to talk about is on there, including all of my Paramore rants. And the, that seems to be the only thing that anybody ever cares about anyway. So I will link to you guys in the show notes, Pat's Pride playlist, my Rebel Hearts playlist, and that's basically it. So thank you again, Pat, for making another great episode with me and talking all about the greater parts of the LGBTQ community in all industries. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, thanks for being great. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> always <laughs> bye <laughs> that's not how we sign off <laughs> subscribe to my channel he doesn't have a channel like and subscribe share with your friends well you can like and subscribe to his spotify playlist that's about it good night <laughs> that's still not how we sign off anyway i will see you guys at the front and here is king princess <laughs> You're so beautiful